Hello and welcome to Connected, the podcast about people, ideas, marketing, technology and everything that's good. I'm ASD, a digital man here at Mediacom. Hi, I'm Sue Uniman, Chief Strategy Officer at Mediacom. And I'm very pleased to say joining us in the room is Adam Crozier, the CEO of ITV. Good morning. Good morning. Um, I was doing the research on your career and it, it's incredible. Mm. So what I've got written down is previous to your role now as CEO of ITV, you were at Saatchi and Saatchi when you became the Chief Executive in 1995. And then you became CEO of the FA in 2000 at the age of 35. You've got some envy in your voice. Uh, (laughs) If if you became CEO of the FA at 35, meant you were um, chief executive of such and such at 30, which means I've got four months now to to get get there. there. Um, Before becoming chief executive of the Royal Mail Group in 2003, before coming into ITV in 2010. And it's an amazingly varied career, and that's really exciting. So I... Is your rich, diverse career, is, is the breadth of your experience the cause of your amazing success? Uh, gosh, I don't know. I mean, I think I've been very lucky to be a CEO for more than 20 years across four different industries. And I suppose the interesting thing for me was that in every case... I took over at a time of real turmoil, including Sachi's actually, because I took over mm. the day after the two brothers walked out, which for anyone in the industry was a huge event. Uh, and so it's always been about turnaround. And, you know, when you go through a turnaround, you, you learn so much because there's so much going wrong around you. There's so much to fix. So you end up with a lot of scars on your back. Uh, through the things you got wrong and hopefully learn a lot through the things you got right and I think what you start doing is applying all of that learning mm. to the stuff you're doing and of course mostly what you learn is what people are really like and the way people behave and the things they do well and badly but also I think how to approach uh, problems because you know it, I've, I've learned over the years that almost the, the more difficult a situation is the more important is that you stay calm that you focus on the things that really will make the difference uh, and that you have the courage to uh, do the right thing for the company because one of the things I learned was that when you go into most companies mostly people know what's wrong and why it isn't working um, and either they don't know how to fix it which is true some of the time or most of the time actually they do know how to fix it but they just don't have the courage to do it because it might mean difficult decisions or being unpopular all of those things and I think one of the things you learn over time is it's not about pleasing people or being popular it's about having a clear direction have the courage to do it and see it through because in the end nobody thanks you for not doing the right thing because yeah. it will take you to a bad place wow um, <clears throat> now my CV looks quite different from yours Adam and in fact um, Adam and I first met when um, you interviewed me when you were still at Sarchis I remember didn't, I didn't, remember. didn't offer me the drink <laughs> anymore. Um, and I was at the media business probably you were too good for oh, us I suspect you, um, uh, and I was at the media business then and of course the media business became Mediacom so I've stayed in the same place companies change quite a lot they do um, since then but um, I think that sort of brings me to this this slightly tricky question, which is that I've obviously stayed in the same place for a long time. I don't think I've been short of opportunities here, but you've followed, you know, a much, much more varied path. And so loyalty versus opportunity as far as a career goes, a lot of people out there will be asking themselves that question right now. What do you think? 
gosh. I mean, I think it's I think it's both in a way, in different ways. I think, um, you know, actually people think I've moved around a lot, but actually I was at Saatchi's for about 13 years. Yeah. Uh, FA for three, relatively short. Royal Mail for eight. Yeah. And I've been at ITV now for six. So actually, it, I, I'm just very old, I suspect. <laughs> <laughs> it's a problem. So I haven't moved around that much. And actually, when I was at Saatchi's, the thing I remember there was... Every time, I think it is important to be loyal and present when you're somewhere. And every time I sort of, when I was younger there, thought about should I leave, what was great was there was another opportunity in Saatchi. So you could move yeah. and do something new and different. And they were, they were brilliant to me. You know, I started in uh, media buying, then I went into planning, stayed with Saatchi when Zenith was formed. Mm -hmm. Then I also did some account handling uh, then I ran accounts. Then I, you know, ran the agency. So I never felt like I was doing the same mm. job. And most importantly, I always felt like I was learning something new. Yeah. So I think, I think if there are opportunities within a company, and in a company like Mediacom, there's loads of amazing mm. opportunities all over the world, not mm. just in one country. Then I think the one of the most important things now, and we think about it a lot at ITV, is how do we help develop people's careers so that they, they're being loyal to us for all the right reasons mm. rather than just lack of willingness to go out and try something new. I think the other meaning of loyalty, though, for me is, is I think sometimes loyalty gets confused with agreeing with people and mm -hmm. backing them up. You know, mm -hmm. I, I think it's really important. I consider people that are loyal to be people who will tell me when I'm wrong, mm. argue with me about what the right thing is to do. But then once you've made the decision, everybody sticks with it and nobody bad knows it afterwards. So I think loyalty works both ways. And then I think on the opportunity side, honestly, I think it's really hard. I think the important thing is to find opportunities for people within your own company. And if there's something else that they're offered outside that is just so amazing, I think you're a decent person sometimes you have to say you know what you should do that that's just too great and mine was when I was running Sanchez being offered the FA job and I was a massive football fan it was in a complete time off and I just thought you know if I don't do this now I'm going to look back mm -hmm. and think I would I was mad yeah. That was the opportunity yeah. of a lifetime. And I would never go back to football. On mm. the other hand, I wouldn't have missed it for the world. It's a good answer. It's a good answer. Um, you talked earlier about keeping calm and then having courage. And, and they're really exciting ideas. And it's, it's how have you remained calm? What are the routines and processes that you have in place that have got to where you are today? Do you have any set ways of working or set ways of thinking or doing things that have meant that you are where you are today? Yeah, I, I sort of... I mean, I am naturally calm. I think I get it from my dad particularly. I remember once coming home from school, used to meet my sister's lunch, and uh, leaving the tap on in the bathroom up the stairs with the plug-in. And I came back home at half past four and the ceiling had caved in, house was flooded, dog was standing in sort of a foot of water on the kitchen floor. And my mum saying, you know, wait till your father gets home. And he duly arrived home about seven o'clock and he looked at the house and he looked at me and the only thing he said to me is, well, you'll never do that again. And... Yeah. Rather weirdly, I still tighten tat. <laughs> Even today, I'm constantly wandering around the house. So he was right. So I, th I tend to do 
the same, in a different way, the same thing everywhere I've ever been, actually, which is I just have this view that um, if you really want to know what's going on, you have to personally go and work with and talk to the people at the sharp end in the company because mm. when the people that work directly to you say these are the facts what they really mean is these are the facts as I see them after they've been through about 10 filters so mm. you have to go and talk to people and listen to people you need to create a really have a really clear view of what either the problem or the opportunity is you need to create a real clear plan to do that it needs to be written in sunspeak is my phrase, which is English, not management speak. If you can't tell people what your strategy is in 20 seconds, it's crap. Uh, and keep it really simple. Clear idea of what needs to be done. Break it down into bite-sized chunks for people so that they don't leave it to someone else. They can do their bit. Get a great team around you. Your job as a leader is to accept that everything that goes wrong is your fault. Everything that goes right is down to them. Uh, make sure you know how you're going to measure whether you've been successful or not. And then back to that, do the right thing. Don't, you know, if I looked at one of the reasons that ITV gone horribly wrong was that, that actually people there would just go a long, long way to avoid confronting a problem. They'd just work around mm. it. And by the time they'd worked around it a thousand times, it was just a mess. Mm. And that's what happens if you don't deal with the problem there and then so that that's why I'm so big on this you know when you hit a problem don't waste you know at ITV we, we never wasted any time worrying about whose fault it was that we're in a mess it doesn't really matter the only thing that matters is what are we going to do about it mm. and I think when you get that across to people it means they don't have to waste any time justifying why they did what they did they can yeah. just concentrate on what's the solution brilliant Simple. <coughs> I, I, I like simple. Thank God. Yeah. I like no, simple's good because like look, simple, I'm not yeah. the smartest person in the room, and I think that, I, I thank God. Uh, you know, I think it is about, you know, everyone always wants to find a silver bullet, mm. and actually, they almost never exist. It usually is about hard work and just doing all the right things. Yeah, I remember you speaking at the Royal Collusion Society when you first arrived at ITV and standing up and saying, I haven't come in with a clever strategy that no one else has thought of. What I'm going to do is I'm going to execute it. Yeah. And that, and that's the thing is, you know, I, I, what's that Which phrase everyone uses? 5% strategy, 95%. I do actually think that's largely that's true. true. That's true. I mean, most of the time you know what needs to be done. It's just, are you actually going to do it? Um, and I'm, I'm going to simplify the next question, yeah, which I, you've, you've written in quite a complicated way. Yeah, moment. sorry. Um, which is... Uh, basically about mass scale broadcasting versus precision uh sds put it in terms of itv versus precision targeting on mm. facebook what's the strategy and how are you going to execute it so the strategy is both <laughs> um it's never going to resolve itself but i i think what happened in, in my honest view mm. is even if I accept that I'm biased if I stand back from that wearing my old satchel yeah. I, I personally think what happened is that digital came along very sexy new kid on the block um, everybody thinks oh we've got to be in there that's where all the young people flow money in there and 
lots of media suffered uh, because of that. Mm. Television less so, yes. actually, as it yeah. happens. Um, and I think what's happening now is there's a bit of a recalibration going on, which is that advertisers, having always known it but then forgotten it, are now remembering that one of the jobs of advertising is to create fame mm. and a conversation about your brand and an idea of your brand's quality so that it encourages some people to buy and it reinforces for those who don't why they bought it and why it was a good mm. product and mm. all those things and I've never believed that 50% of advertising is wasted no. No. I think it all works yeah. I think even for the 50% that don't buy your products it reinforces for the ones that did yeah. why they're so and pleased and they might not buy it that. today but they, they might, might buy it another time and so I think television I think what people are going to do is actually that digital and television do completely different jobs mm-hmm. actually they work rather brilliantly together mm-hmm. being too targeted is not a great thing mm-hmm. because you lose that fame and conversation and awareness um, and equally you cannot compare I think it's a real issue that digital site have to solve you cannot compare the impact of a television ad and the impact of a, mm-hmm. uh, a digital impact you know which might be for two seconds with no audio in the corner of a screen and of course that looks cost-effective mm-hmm in terms of price, but cost-effective is also about value and delivery. So I, I think they will both succeed. I think people like Facebook and YouTube will be fine, but I think there are literally billions of impacts mm. being delivered online that are almost worthless. And uh, I, I think those kind of things will suffer, and the stronger online players naturally will come through. And I think television will continue to be strong as well. I think I think they'll work really well together. And ITV's digital platform strategy? Yeah, for, for us, we took a really big decision. It sounds tiny, but it's actually quite a big decision that, that we would stop thinking about digital and uh, mobile as being about second devices and catch-up mm-hmm. and video on demand. And we moved all our sites, as you know, through ITV Hub to you land on live TV. Mm. And something like 40% now of all our online viewing is live television. Mm-hmm. Because my kids look at their phone and they just see a television set or their iPad and they see a television set and so they do everything on that Um, and I think that's been a big shift for us and our consumption online is going up by 50% per annum at the minute so it's absolutely it's a shame it's not measured no and I think TV generally is under measured because we don't Mm. measure or we separately measure all that part and I think when we get in two or three years time to one seamless measurement we will actually see that more People are watching more TV than they ever did. And it's sort of common sense, because if I can now watch it on a bus or a train or back a car, I probably will watch more Well, And to to be honest, when you were 16 to 24, you were probably out. Yeah. And not watching television at all. As a dad, it's slightly worrying how much time kids spend. I mean, little did I know, I didn't realise this actually, I should have known, that when you're 13 or 14, Mm. they actually surgically attach your phone to your hand. (laughs) Um, or they certainly do with my kids yeah. so it's slightly yeah. frightening I mean these mm-hmm. things never leave yeah. their sides 
And we just, well, we don't even have mobile phones other yeah. than a no, giant no, brick right. that you used yeah. to share and yeah. carry around yeah. in the back of a car. Yeah. And, and some of what they're watching is Britain's Got Talent. Yeah, and, and look, that, that, that that's the weird thing. Yeah. It's a bit like the very old-fashioned, for those who are older in media, you know, the fact that The Sun used to attract more ABC One readers than the Sunday mm. Times. I mean, mm. that's the great thing about these huge shows, mm. you know, X Factor, Britain's Got Talent, mm. I'm a Celebrity, or the Bake Off on mm. BBC, very top of them, mm. is, is mm. actually loads of kids yeah. watch them. Everybody watches them. Finally, for this section, if you could change ITV in any way, what would you do um, right now? Well, the, what would I do? I don't know, actually. I think, I think the... Um, when I started, every shareholder said to me, "You, it's in such a mess, what you should do is dump that rump of a content business and focus mm. on being a broadcaster. And actually, we've done the opposite. You know, in the, in the future, I think we'll be a global content company who's also a broadcaster in the UK. That's the track we're on. And believe it or not, over 70% of the people that work for us today didn't work for us four years ago wow. of the entire company. So it, we, we are in it, we're effectively a really young company. Mm. The, the thing I would like to be able to do is create more hits. I mean, that's mm. what we live or die by now. And we've had great run recently with things like Victoria and Cold Feet mm. and Pulled Ark, which we do for the BBC mm. Two, and Love Island at a whole other end, which mm. now sold into America has been big... So I, I think the, the trick is finding ways to do more hits and it's a really annoying <laughs> business in that sense yeah. in that you can sometimes do all the right things and you can look at it and think, well, that's going to work mm. and then it doesn't. And equally the other way around. Yeah. Um, you know, when we brought Love Island back, it's really interesting. Everyone went, oh, really? Mm. That was a flop last time. Didn't really work. Bang. Mm. Enormous hit over the... That's the magic, isn't it? Now sold into 10 countries, going to be in America. I mean, you you just don't know sometimes. Mm. So finding ways to get our creatives out of London, into the real world, mm. finding new ideas, being at the heart of popular culture, that's, that's the key for us. That's what we need more of. I love that encapsulation of, of, of everything that we do, the idea that there was there's content that ticks all the boxes but didn't necessarily work that that is the way that digital shouldn't be going but is if just on this is a very personal level on how things are going data and precision and and overly precise but it it, there's no humanity in it and there's a human aspect to it i love that absolutely and and look people love to be uh, this is really i remember one of the last pieces of research we ever did when i was at such 1999 just before i left which is a big piece of research about, and it's probably really true today, the more the world fragments and barriers break down and all the old political things, rather weirdly, the more people look for things to belong to. Yeah. It's the sort of counter to that. And, and you can see that in TV and film and music and sport and all of those kind of things. People are desperate to belong to something. And I think sometimes when people get all this talk about precise they they lose all that and they forget all of that yeah so on to our regular questions um what advice would you give to someone just starting their career in our business um 
I think, first of all, I'd say you're joining great business, genuinely. And sometimes when I do talks, people say, oh, you're so lucky you don't work in advertising anymore. I say, God, you're mad, you know. Mm. It's a great industry full of young, really bright people, very creative, great fun. And honestly, most industries are not like that. So first of all, great to be in the industry second thing is it does teach you one thing that I have found incredibly useful everywhere I've been which is clients come in and they tell you everything and your job is to edit all of that down to the thing that really matters and to find a way through it and actually when you run anything that's the skill you need is to take all this stuff and figure out what does it all mean, how do I break it down how do I get to the point so then it's about just um, working hard, listening more, talking less uh, sometimes. And personally, this is my own personal view, is don't be afraid to put your hand up to do the difficult things. It's, it's a slightly weird industry, mm-hmm. and it may have changed, and forgive me if it mm-hmm. has, but there's always a tendency to want to work on the accounts that are doing amazing work mm-hmm. or really glamorous. And... Actually, sometimes it's easier to make a real difference. Now, I was wanted to work on the clients that were about to fire us or that nobody liked uh, because you so could make true. a difference. Yeah. And mm. if you did the next great ad or campaign, media campaign for a client that always does great ads and great media campaigns, mm. well, what have you really added? So what? So, so, yeah. what? so I, I, funny enough, I always look for that. And even today when I employ people, you know, every CV you ever see, it always looks amazing, you know nothing but good things have happened mm. and actually I prefer people in CVs where they've had setbacks because if you get over a setback mm. once you know you can you're amazingly stronger for it and I always worry about people who've had it too easy because mm. you wonder well what happens when it does go wrong mm. how are you going to mm. react will you know what to do mm. how to get around it so I, I think don't be afraid to take on some difficult tasks as well as the glamorous ones because in the end you'll have more of a chance to prove mm. how good you are I, that's different because you thought Adam was saying the same as a lot of people have said which is put your hand, hand up for everything put your hand up for no, but actually you're no, saying no, put, different. put your I, hand up for the yeah, unglamorous yeah the absolutely I mean I, in no the end chance. at Saatchi's I was the one they went to when it, it, all else had failed and the, yeah. we were going to get fired or yeah that's how you build uh, and, and really that's that's career. how you get a career that's true that's true in life isn't it is you, you learn more about yourself i'm not, oh, not yeah. but but and it's yeah. true in life you, you yeah. find out more from yourself whether in you, yeah. if you're in a situation absolutely. where you don't know what the end result absolutely. is going to be absolutely because you have to you have to lay yourself open so the point is you may fail mm. and you've got to be okay with that mm. i had this and brilliant. believe me i cock up all the time. Yeah. I mean, anyone out there who thinks it's all a breeze is mad. I mean, you know, on a, any given week, if you get 60% of the stuff you do right, you're probably doing all right. I had this brilliant story. That's comforting. Well, it's true, <laughs> isn't it? Along this lines about golf, where the, the original golf ball was perfectly spherical and it, it was only going so far. And then they got the old golf balls, which had been hit multiple times, and they were going even further and they couldn't work out what it was. But it was the fact that they'd been hit and dented, the fact that they'd been damaged meant that they were able to fly further and I always thought that was a lovely but I think see I think that what you've just described I think is one of the things I'd always say to everybody is be curious Mm. Mm. I mean it's a much underused word and actually if you if you think about some of the recent scandals the other way around when things have gone terribly wrong things like the 
Savile thing at the BBC mm. and other stuff. Mm. Actually, the thing everyone sort of finds themselves is, were you never curious? Did yeah, you? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you want, must have ask. known there was yeah. something wrong. Did mm. you? And I think that's the thing. Be mm. curious all the time. Why is it like yeah. that? Why poke, does that not work? Why does it? Yeah, yeah. absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So this is one of the. This is one usually asked too. So this yeah. is a question. Um, what five commonly available objects? If you were a genie and I wanted to call the uh, the, I'm, I'm in Sarchi's and I need the Adam Crozier genie to ar- arrive, and I need to put five commonly available objects in the circle, so I need to be able to get them. What would I put in the circle to call you? That's a weird question. <laughs> isn't it? Um, what would uh, would to get? You'd have to have a lot of coffee available. Yeah. No coffee, no me. Any particular coffee? Uh, probably very strong latte, but. Basically coffee, okay. otherwise forget it, I'm not even turning up. Uh, a lot of chocolate, <laughs> only you? Cadbury's or Galaxy. Oh, really? Not no dark? Fan- oh. No fancy, no dark, no nothing, oh, proper chocolate. Yeah. And not those small bars, they're a waste <laughs> of time, proper family size bar. Because yeah. you can't eat two squares, you either eat the whole thing Absolutely. or nothing. Yeah. Uh, you probably need to have a Celtic top or a Scotland oh, top. Interesting, yeah. And I'd still have a pair of football boots in yeah. my boot of my car everywhere I go because you just never know someone might not turn up and they might need someone have you got a name on the back of your Celtic shirt is it Larson or no. is it a, no 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 that's, no. F- that's keep that it pure, that's full. Keep it pure. Celtic and Scotland top oh, oh I see. yeah no you have to have both no they go together fantastic they go together okay and uh, your house is on fire everybody living has been saved pets people what three specific things to you would you grab? This is going to sound like a terrible answer, but short of wife, kids and dogs, I wouldn't actually be bothered about anything. I don't really Nothing. worry about any other possessions. No. They're just things. Probably, If I was pushed, probably the only thing I'd grab is uh, a picture I have of... Uh, when I was at the FA, we played... Uh, in the World Cup, uh, England, Germany and Munich. And we beat them 5-1, which is the most extraordinary result. 5-1, e- great. even Heskey scored. If yeah, I remember. Even Heskey <laughs> scored, which is extraordinary <laughs> in itself. And uh, got this great picture of me shaking Franz Beckenbauer's hand because I was sitting next to him at the game. And he was just so hacked off. And I was just so happy. And yeah. it just brings... Of all my time at the FA, it was probably the the... The night yeah. where everything went right yeah. wow. in in the most unexpected way, and I remember going into the dressing room after the game, and you would think after that result they would have been absolutely on fire and fly. It was the quietest dressing room I'd ever seen because nobody was more shocked than they were. <laughs> it was kind of what the <laughs> hell happened there? Oh, what a night! But it was just one of those nights where everything went right, and a bit like we were talking about earlier with. CV and creating mm. anything whether it's advertising or programmes you sometimes you just never know I mean mm. football's very like that you know when the players cross that white line mm. coaches managers the setup kind of done everything right but you've still no idea what's going to happen when they walk out on but that I've pitch pr- if the centre much got an idea what's going to happen if it's England harsh but extremely fair I think is the answer to that uh, what book have you given away the most or what's your favourite book if you don't give away books uh, never read never read so never read books never give away books read every newspaper oh, interesting. virtually every day 
love new always love newspapers since I was about twelve. Uh, read them always back to front. Sad that I am, uh, but uh, no love newspapers. But never really got into books, and partly because I've got a book I, for you. Actually, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, how to read a book? Yeah. <laughs> and if it's a ladybird book of something, I'll I'll take it. But uh, no, I just I I think because I. I don't know about you so i i end up having to read so much through work yeah mm. that i don't find reading switching off sure and so no, so no so childhood book that you would no no or? no i have read kenny dogleish's autobiography about 320 <laughs> times okay. as my wife keeps reminding <laughs> right, so me so that might be uh, that, that i suppose that be construed as a favorite book but no i i tend to for me if it's not time with the kids then really getting out of it is still play all sport love all sport uh, and love taking part in all sport and love watching great films great television sure. that's film? why I'm really lucky at ITV I actually love what I do I love the, the yeah. thing we do for a living I actually love so what's yeah, not film to like if, if you're going to give away a film give, give me something uh, what would I, I would I would say uh, you're going to think this is pathetic but my Mm-mm. favourite film is actually The Quiet Man with John Wayne I read it. That's just set in Ireland. It's a really old film, but I love that film. I don't know why, but I just do. You probably won't have seen it. You're way too young. Yeah, well, I think we're too young. Sorry, you're both too young. No, I think all three of us are too young, but I know the film you mean. Maureen O'Hara, John Wayne. It's a lovely film. Fantastic. You'd like it, actually. Oh, have a go. Again, slightly a newer regular question. Um, which superhero do you think you are most alike? So, not who you, what superpower would you like to have? We're not asking that. But if you had to pick a superhero that you think you share some characteristics with, which one would it be? Um, so, someone told me you're going to answer that question, and I asked my 18 year old last night because I said, I can't answer that question. Yeah. What's the right answer? And she, quick as a flash, with zero hesitation came straight out with it Mr Bean (laughs) 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 and I think I'll probably leave it there because there's no recovery from that so say we were to give you a billboard anywhere you wanted where would it be and what would it say I would uh, if I could I would have a giant billboard right outside the front door of number 10 mm-hmm. uh, that I'm not very clever with words but would say something like the strongest leaders uh, take care of the most vulnerable people mm-hmm. and you know more support for disabled people and their carers and that's partly because one of my daughters is disabled but you, you enter a world when you have that where you see people coping with the most incredibly difficult situations mm. both people who have the problems and the people caring for them and nobody seems to mm. think about how they're going to help them mm. uh, and it's not so bad when they're young but when they become young adults it just completely stops mm. and there's lots of people out there struggling and mm. it just seems to be almost impossible to get anyone to mm. wake up to this problem and do something about it so it's a bit of a Poppy horse of mine, as you can probably tell, but I think it's really important yeah, that, that you know, a sign of a good society is one that actually takes care of the people that are the most vulnerable. Absolutely. And finally, we have these questions which are from the School of Life set up by Alan de Boiton. So there's three at random. If you could 
you can't prepare for these if you just looks, choose one. This looks dangerous. No, 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 no. Well, if you hate it, we'll If you hate it, we'll change it. If you could read it out. And if you it. had one of the following, who would you choose? Oh, if you had to be one of the following, that's why I don't read. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I can't. If you had to be one of the following, who would you choose to be? A piano teacher? A dental hygienist? <laughs> Holy shit. Um, the first mate on a luxury yacht? A team leader in a sales force selling really great kitchen equipment or the assistant of a head of primary school. So I can cheat on this because mm. I was one of these. Oh. Um, so when I was 18 uh, I, and I was taking some time off university with a, my best friend, uh, we worked in the south of France and amongst selling ice cream on the beaches and things we ended up getting a job on a luxury yacht that was owned by Joachim Mass a Formula 1 racing driver again you're way too young to remember him and my job was to take his lady guests water skiing wow really tough job (laughs) (laughs) and I have to say on the days when things are going wrong no, yeah. I often think you talk about loyalty. What was so bad about that job that I had to leave it? Because that's exactly where I should be right now. So that's my that's cheat. A good answer. I that's should go back to that job, <laughs> not have it. Alan Crozier, it's been wonderful speaking to you. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you, real Thank pleasure. You. Thank you.